0: Presenting the transcription feature, Superman!
1: Look at the sky! Look! It's a
2: plane! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. The brutal murder of Dr. Chi Wan, famous Oriental scholar and art collector, has served to deepen the mystery surrounding the dragon's teeth. Ten pieces of ancient Chinese jade said to contain the secret of everlasting life. Recovered from an attempt to kill him with poison tea, editor Perry White of the Daily Planet is discussing the strange chain of events with Lois Lane, star reporter, in the privacy of his office. Listen. I'll never forget it as long as I live, Lois. I was sitting opposite Chi Wan further away than you are. He looked at me, and there was something strange in his eyes. And then he said, before the next sun rises, I'll be dead. He was right.
1: But what were you and Clark Kent doing down there in the first place, Mr. White?
2: Well, he telephoned me and said he had something important to discuss. Come in. Oh, hello,
3: Lois. You want to see me, Mr. White? Uh,
2: Yes, yes, Kent. Come on in. Sit down. You seem to have recovered from the ill effects of that poison tea, Mr. White. Kent, how in heaven's name you ever got me to the hospital in time will always be a mystery.
1: Yes, that's another thing I wondered about. Dr. Wan said you both vanished into thin air. Now,
2: wait a minute. We'll come to that later. Oh, Kent, uh, I was telling Louis how poor Chi Wan called the turn on his own death.
3: Yes, he seemed to know it was coming.
1: But you still haven't told me what you two were doing at Dr. Wan's apartment. Why you went there? What happened?
2: You tell her, Kent. Well, here's the whole story, Lois.
3: It seems that Dr. Wan had discovered an ancient Chinese manuscript that revealed a great medical secret.
2: The secret of everlasting life.
3: What? The manuscript said that the ten teeth of the sacred green dragon were each engraved with a symbol describing ten medicinal herbs found in the mountains of western China.
1: Wait a minute. What's the sacred green dragon?
2: Mm, it was carved out of wood. They used it as an idol in a Chinese temple. And its teeth were pieces of pure jade. Oh,
1: go on.
3: Well, these ten herbs, according to Dr. Wan's interpretation of the ancient manuscript, when ground into a powder, would render the human body free of disease.
1: Sounds like a pipe dream to me. Mm
3: -hmm. That's what I said. At any rate, Dr. Wan had found nine of the dragon's teeth, and the man who owned the tent, a jeweler named Walter Huffman, was trying to get them away from him. Dr. Wan feared for his life and wanted Mr. White to take the nine pieces of jade in case anything happened to him.
2: Mm, that's when I took a drink of that poison tea and went out like a light.
3: That's right. Dr. Juan was out of the room at the time getting the jade, but Mr. White looked so sick I couldn't wait for him to return, so yeah, I... I
1: guess that's about where Jimmy and I came in. You see, I figured you were both out on a big story, so I followed you down to Chinatown with Jimmy.
2: Yeah, you shouldn't have done that, Lord.
1: Well, maybe not, but I did. At any rate, we got to Dr. Juan's apartment after being chased up the steps. He told us you'd been there. He was completely baffled by your sudden disappearance. Then he offered us some tea. Both Jimmy and I were about to drink it when someone came crashing through the window and knocked the cups out of our hands. Now, you can laugh if you want to, but it was Superman.
2: Yeah, hear that, Kent? Lois says this Superman was dressed in a blue costume and a red cloak. Yes, uh, she told me. Mm, what do you make of it?
3: It's a little hard to believe.
2: Kent, young Jimmy Olsen spoke to me a few hours ago. War that he'd seen Superman three or four times, down South America and out West. Have you ever seen him, Kent? Who, me? Yeah. You've been with Jimmy on all those trips. Oh, I can't say I have, Mr. White. Well,
1: I saw him, and I'm not nearsighted. Not only that, but I'm convinced he was the last one to see Dr. Wong alive, we should make every effort to get him to come forward and tell his story.
2: Well, what do you think of that, Kent? Lois wants me to run a front-page appeal to this Superman, whoever he is.
1: Wait a minute. I have it here. Listen to it. An open letter to Superman. Three days ago, the brilliant Chinese scholar, Dr. Chi Wan, was brutally murdered in his apartment. The Daily Planet has reason to believe that you, Superman, were the last person to see Dr. Wan alive. In the name of decency, we ask you to come forward and tell all you know.
2: How does that strike you,
1: Kent? It doesn't, Mr. White. Why not?
2: I don't know, but I, I don't think it'll do any good. I think the best bet is to question Walter Huffman. No, the police have already done that. We can't pin a thing on him.
1: Hey, you must have a reason for not wanting Superman to come forward, Mr. Kent. What is it? Reason? reason what?
2: Why should I have a reason?
1: Oh, I don't know, but I want to... Well, the only thing
3: is that if there's no such person as Superman, we'll be the laughingstock of the city. Wait a minute. I
1: thought I
2: heard someone at the door.
1: Oh, Jimmy!
2: Oh. Jimmy Olsen! Now, what do you mean by eavesdropping at my office door? Well,
1: I didn't mean it. What? I, I mean, I, I couldn't help it. Well, just what do you
2: mean? Close the door, Kent.
1: Uh-huh. Well, I, I heard you talking about Dr. Chi-Wan and, and Superman. Well, and before I knew it, I was down on one knee listening through the keyhole. Listen, you're all wrong about Superman. He's as real as you are, Mr. White. Remember when we were out west with Comanche Joe, Mr. Kent? Didn't the Indians see him flying through the air and didn't they call him the man who flies like a bird? Didn't they? Yes, but... And even before that, when we went down to South America to find that sunken gold ship, didn't Superman rescue me from that tunnel where those Spanish fellows locked me up? And didn't I talk to him?
3: Well, you you said you did.
1: Well, I did. Well, Superman's real, All right. He's the strongest guy in the world. He can knock a hole in a brick wall and push over a locomotive. That's enough. But...
2: That's enough. But I We're you... not paying you to make speeches. But listen... Your man, job sir, is I... to run copy. Now get back to work. Go on. Yes, ma'am. What? Uh,
1: I mean, yes, sir. Go on. Get
2: out. Get oh, Get out. <laughs> Poor kid. He's scared. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Kent. I... I want to think over this open letter to Superman that Lois wants me to run. Are you
3: really serious about running that, Chief?
2: Well, I'm not sure.
3: Well, I'll do as you see fit. I'm going to investigate Walter Huffman. The police reported that Dr. Wan's nine pieces of jade are missing. And it's my hunch that not only is Huffman responsible for Chi Wan's death, but that he now has all ten dragon's teeth. So what's the use of running that open letter? Don't you agree with me, Chief?
0: No.
2: Give me the press room. But, now listen, Chief. Bogarty, Harry White, save me a box on the front page. About 24 lines over two columns. Rip off whatever you've got there now. wanted
0: him what wanted him huffman speaking a
1: reporter
0: from the daily planet would like to see
1: him mister
0: Huffman the reporter yes yeah. send him in the Daily Planet hmm.
3: Mr. Huffman come in please thank you
0: can I do for you, young man?
3: Well, my name is Clark Kent, Mr. Huffman. I'm with the Daily Planet. Yes? Uh, the editorial staff is presenting a gift to one of our women employees who is about to be married. Yes? We thought a jade necklace might be a nice gift, and since I understand you deal in jade, I came to you first.
0: You understand I deal in jade?
3: Oh, yes, don't you?
0: Sometimes, Mr. Kent. Sometimes I deal in other things.
3: Well, do you have some jade on hand?
0: No, Mr. Kent. I have no jade.
3: Uh, none at all?
0: None at all. Oh. Well, uh, that's too bad. Yes, Mr. Kent, it is too bad. You work for the Daily Planet.
3: Yes, yes, I, I, I'm a reporter.
0: Then you have seen this paper.
3: Huh? Oh, that. Oh, that's not in my department.
0: I see. Not in your department. No. You know this Superman?
3: Do I know him? No, no, I don't.
0: Somebody I... on your paper knows him.
3: Well, that, that I couldn't say. You uh...
0: couldn't say. no. Of course, you are aware that Chi-Wan was my friend, that the police questioned me about his untimely death?
3: I, I read that in the paper. Yes,
0: of course.
3: Well, now, about the jade, Mr. Huffman... I am sorry, but I
0: have no jade. Perhaps some other time, Mr. Kim. Thank you for calling.
3: Well, uh... Good day.
0: Uh, yes, uh, Goodbye. Kooling? Huffman, come up at once. I need you for something very important. Very
1: important.
0: Mr. White. Mr. White.
2: Right here. Telegram, Mr. White. Yeah, let me have it.
1: Great Scott. What is
2: it? Get Clark Club from Lois Lane. Tell him I want him here in my office at once.
1: Yes, sir. I'll get
2: him. This is the most amazing thing I've ever heard of. What a story it'll make. Give me the press room. Story of the year. Hello, Fogarty? Perry White. I want the front page of tomorrow's first edition kept wide open until you hear from me. Right.
1: Kenny said he wanted to see me, Mr. White. Where's
2: Kent?
1: Well, he left the office about an hour ago. I not come back. Well,
2: here. Here, read this. Just came in. Yes.
1: Okay. Editor, Daily Planet. I am willing to tell my story about Chi Wan's murder, but for reasons which you should understand, I cannot come to you. You must come to me. I will meet you in the Carson Mansion tonight at 8. The door will be open. Walk in... Sign, Superman. Good heavens, Mr. White. The
2: Carson Mansion's about five miles out of town. We can't wait for Kent. It's 7.30 now. Do you want to go along with me? Do
1: I? I should say so. Okay, get your hat and coat. We haven't much time.
2: That's the place up ahead. It used to be owned by Carson, the millionaire rubber man. Been deserted for five years. Now I guess we turn in here.
1: Certainly he's lonesome looking, all boarded up.
2: Yeah. Come on, let's go. Right on up to the door.
1: Gee, certain certainly picked a lonely place to meet us. Didn't the telegram say the door would be open?
0: Huh? Oh, yes.
2: And it is. Follow me, Lois.
1: Mr. White... I, I don't like it in here. What's that?
2: A bell. Tolling the hour.
0: It's just eight. Mr.
1: White, do do you think that wire really was from Superman? Do you think he's here?
2: Is Superman waiting for them in the deserted mansion? Or is someone else lurking in the darkness? Don't forget to tune in next time and follow the thrilling story of The Dragon's Teeth. Tune in the next thrilling
0: installment of the transcription feature, Superman.
2: Up in the sky, look! It's a plane! It's a plane! It's Superman!
1: Superman
3: is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. This is cartoonist Phil Hester, and you're listening to Superman Radio Revisited.
4: That's awesome. Thank you. (gasps) What was that? Oh, episode 160. The Dragon's Teeth 4 February 17th, 1941 Welcome to Superman Radio Revisited I'm your host, Matt And I thought this was another great episode of the Superman Radio Serial And I'll just have some commentary now about different stuff that stuck out to me in this one So, in the beginning, when Lois is talking with Perry And Clark gets there at his office, and they're discussing, you know, just recapping for the audience the different events that's happened thus far. But how Lois describes meeting Superman, and Perry mentions Jimmy talking about him, and he asks Clark point-blank if he's ever met him.
2: Kent, young Jimmy Olsen spoke to me a few hours ago, swore that he'd seen Superman three or four times down South America and out West. Have you ever seen him, Kent? me? Yeah. You've been with Jimmy on all those trips. I can't say I have, Mr.
3: White.
1: Well, I saw him, and I'm not nearsighted.
4: I think Clark Kent is trying a little too hard to deny Superman's existence at this point. Because Lois has told Clark that she's met him. And then when Clark opens the door and Jimmy stumbles into the office and he's talking about the earlier adventures out west and in South America where he's told Clark that he's talked with Superman. Uh, Clark, you know, he just, when he's saying, if he continues down the path of acting like Superman doesn't exist, he's going to be straining those friendships. What is nice, though, is that Perry White seems to believe them. And I really did like Lois's comment and thought that was a great dig at Clark about how she's not nearsighted. So after Perry shoes Jimmy out, you know, and tell him he's a copy boy, which was pretty amusing, like his job's to run copy, not make speeches, um, they are going to proceed with this open letter to Superman, you know, against Clark's wishes. Clark is wants to go after the obvious suspect being Walter Huffman, but I guess Perry's saying the police have already questioned him, but He's going to go himself, and but in the meantime, they are going to proceed. And I do love, after they do print that open letter, I do love that newsman yelling. Clark Kent wants to pursue his angle of investigation, so he goes to visit Walter Huffman asking if he has any jade he can purchase, you know, with his made-up story about wanting to purchase some for a female staff member of the Daily Planet that's going to get married. And he just puts it right on Front Street when he's asking him. And I'm questioning his tactics here. But maybe it's because he knows Walter Huffman's dangerous, and he's wanting, you know, to put the crosshairs on himself because he knows that more than likely... Walter Huffman's the obvious suspect that killed Dr. Chi Wan or had something to do with it. And so, he that could be what he's doing. Or, well, this is something I am just discounting. I don't think there's a nobility Superman's exhibited in the future from this story where I think he can tell if somebody's lying just by listening to their heartbeat. I'm going to say that's not in earth r radio superman's skill set because i don't think we've ever seen that in the golden age at least thus far so that i'm just gonna toss that out but maybe this is his tactic maybe he just wants to make walter nervous so he slips up and does something incriminating a la colombo when Jimmy brings that telegram to Perry White at the Daily Planet, and he sees that it's a response to their open letter that they printed, his excitement is palpable at the prospect of meeting Superman and scoring a huge scoop for the Daily Planet, perhaps their biggest scoop to date. And I can't help but think of this scene from Superman the Movie, and so I'm just going to drop this clip.
5: Now look! The post! It flies! The news! The news! Look, Ma, no wires. The Times, blue bomb, buzzes, metropolis. The planet. We're sitting on top of the story of the century here. I want the name of this flying, whatchamacallit, to go with the daily planet like bacon and eggs. Franks and beans, death and taxes, politics and corruption. But I, I don't think that he would uh, lend himself to any ch- cheap promotion schemes, though, Mr. White. Exactly how would you know that, Kent? Um, uh, um, well, j- just, a uh, first impression. Well, anyway, who's talking cheap? I'll make him a partner if I have to, right? Right, Chief i want the real story i want the inside dope on this guy has he got a family where does he live what is the s My family day. Your place. A friend. how does he fly a friend tony who is Mike? what's his name what's he got hidden under that cape of his batteries why did he show up last night Dick. where does he come from does he have a girlfriend What's your favorite ball team, Ted? Now listen to me. I tell you, boys and girls, whichever one of you gets it out of is going to wind up with the single most important interview since God talked to Moses.
4: After listening to that clip, I'm now wondering if Perry is Jewish in the movies. So unlike Superman the movie, when Perry White is mobilizing, motivating his staff to go get this huge story... The Perry White of the radio serial is much more hands-on, it seems. He wants to meet Superman himself. You know, Lois is able to be found, but they're not going to wait around for Clark. And they're rushing into what I think is a trap. It's a trap. We know that Walter Huffman saw the open letter to Superman that was printed in the Daily Planet. And it seems that he is leading Perry and Lois to a remote location to either threaten them or even kill them. Kind of up loose ends if he thinks that they know about him. And he's probably suspicious that they do know about him since they visited Dr. Chi Wan, and Clark probably didn't help very much when he went to go see Walter Huffman. So at the end of the episode, for whom does the bell toll? I suppose we will find out in The Dragon's Teeth 5. I'm looking forward to that. So that's gonna probably. I'm gonna. In my commentary for this episode. But I want to talk about the date. February 17th, 1941. Looks like it's Random Acts of Kindness Day. So that is worth mentioning. And also, this is super cool. It was Kurt Swan's 21st birthday. So Kurt Swan is a penciler for comic books. And he's done several... Superman stories. And this in nineteen forty one though, he was serving in the army and his company was sent to Northern Ireland, where he was stationed at ventona It was here that he received his first break as an artist. And if you're interested in reading more information on Kurt Swan's life and career, I recommend the Superman homepage where I read an article that I enjoyed. And I'll probably tweet an image Or post an image on the Facebook group at the Superman Radio Revisited Facebook group. And it's at Radio Superman for Twitter. And those are also ways that you can contact me. But I did want to say that John Wilson is a fellow podcaster. And he hosts Superman in Crisis, which is a podcast I really enjoy. And he's been reviewing some comic books with Kurt Swan and art in them. So I'll probably close the show by playing a promo for Superman in Crisis. And like I said, I really enjoy his show. And I've given it a five-star review on iTunes. So I'll just let the promo speak for itself, though. But, you know, Kurt Swan, I'm sure if you saw an image of Kurt Swan Superman, you'd instantly recognize it because it was... Pretty much Superman's look for about 30 years was the way he drew him. And from like 1955 to 1985, I mean, he's had stories before and after that too, but he's just really a prolific artist. And I'm sure a lot of people's favorite Superman artists, in fact. And I will also say now that I'm excited about The next segment, because I actually have a couple feedback, pieces of feedback, and what I'm going to call Intergalactic Interaction. Both of these comments come from Twitter. So first up, we have just another fanboy, at Steven or else, says, hey, at Radio Superman, I've started listening to the podcast and I'm loving it. Two episodes down and I'm in the middle of the $5 million gold heist part three. These old radio episodes are just super fun. And I found that I can actually listen and pay attention while working. And then he's got a Jeff of the Fonz going, Hey, so that's awesome. And he actually does a podcast with Ed Moore called the Superman super show, which is another podcast that, I also love to listen to podcasts while I'm working, and so I highly recommend their show as well. It's the Superman Super Show, and I've given that a five star review. And if you actually make it this far, Steven, you should send me a promo. I mean this far and you're listening, that you're hearing this. Um so you should send me a promo and I would be happy to play your promo as well. Cause they are actually in the same era, pretty much not as they're in taking Superman from Action Comics number one, just kind of reviewing the stories in the comic books. So, I will move on now to the next comment, and that is from JP Rocha, Roca or Raka, Rocha. Sorry, I don't know the pronunciation, but if uh, you can definitely feel free to correct me. And that is at OD Fashion Outlaw. And he says, At Radio Superman, Hello, I enjoy the podcast, but I do not have a Facebook or a Twitter account, so I created this one to contact you. I would like to talk to you more about the podcast. And I think that's awesome. And I gave that a heart and retweeted it, and I'm waiting for him to talk about it. I'm more than happy to talk about it with you. So... Welcome to Twitter. I don't know if I should be proud of introducing somebody to Twitter or not, but uh, I definitely would welcome the interaction, though. That's great. So that is my feedback, and I will just go ahead and close the show out, probably. Uh, Thank you for listening to Superman Radio Revisited. Theme song was... Bell's a Bop by Man's Ear. And they did a great job with this theme song, I thought. I love the layers that was put into it. And, you know, I kind of just kind of gave an idea, like, for whom the bell tolls because as inspiration, because I mentioned there was a bell tolling. And I thought they knocked it out of the park. So thank you very much for that theme song. I love it. And... Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster and is copyright DC Comics. And all music and audio clips are copyright their respective holders. And I will go ahead and go into that uh, promo for Superman and Crisis. Good day. Yes,
3: uh, goodbye.
4: In all his decades of publishing history, One event has affected Superman more than any other. Worlds lived, worlds died, and that was only the beginning. Superman was never the same. Presenting Superman in Crisis. Available weekly from January 3rd, 2022 at johnreadscomics.com.